for more clips and beneficial content, please subscribe to the Lifehug channel, your number one source for personal Islamic development. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulullah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We have Sheikh Abdurrahman Murad with us, we have Sheikh Muhammad Yafa, we have Sheikh Daoud Walid, we have Dr. Abdullah Hakim Quick, and we have Ustad Abdullah Andalusi. All of our beloved speakers from United Islam Awareness Week together in one forum. I don't know if we will break the internet. Is the, inter is the internet broken? Is, is the internet still holding? Okay, so the internet isn't broken yet, uh, but we have all the powerhouses together, inshallah, for this exclusive session. Alhamdulillah. So we have a really special uh, session planned. The guests are all here with the exception of Sheikh Dawood Walid because of Maghrib time. Uh, you know, he has to uh, catch Maghrib, but he'll be joining us within moments. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, my dear brothers, shuyukh, ustad, speakers. How are you all doing today? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, we're doing well. Excellent. Brother Abdullah, it's pretty late or very, very early for you. How would you like to describe it? Uh, we'll just go with late, I suppose. Okay. Um, okay. But then again, during coronavirus uh, lockdown, uh, what is time anymore? So is, you're just awake or, or asleep, that's it. Yeah, that's subhanAllah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Sheikh Mohammed, how are you? Alhamdulillah, um, it's it's going good. Alhamdulillah, it's just uh, past Maghrib and we're heading for Isha. Alhamdulillah. Okay, excellent. And, and Sheikh Abdurrahman. Alhamdulillah, Allah manakal hamd. Allah yahiyyik. Jazakallahu khayran. So, for those of you who don't know, uh, Sheikh Abdurrahman is one of my most favorite people to camp with. So we have a whole series of uh, videos from the Lifehack podcast in one of the most beautiful, picturesque camping grounds that you will uh, actually probably see in the world actually so um alhamdulillah it's good to have you as well sheikh and again i cannot wait uh for us to be able to physically um you know be with one another and visit one another again inshallah so i think we're really missing that human connection here uh i want to start off with uh something that i i think this particular panel will be able to um make people really think about and maybe kind of, uh, you know, get a better idea of an understanding of. Uh, and that is uh, some of the trends that we have seen in the Dawah. And, uh, and I actually ask it from a self-reflective perspective because being involved in Dawah-related activities for over 20 years, I've seen a lot of different evolution uh, in, in terms of the Dawah, in terms of the positives and the negatives uh, some of the blessings and some of the challenges that, you know, um, each period or each kind of trend has endured, you know what I mean? So, you know, for example, there was like a trend at one point where, you know, uh, one of the biggest challenges you had was to kind of overcome like manhajism, you know what I mean? So like, oh, like, you know, you have these factional, uh, you know, groups at, uh, at odds with one another. One was just like trying to get your... Um, your your kids not to immerse themselves in pop culture right so i remember back in the days like the imam on the mimbar you know talking about how kids are like they're they're, they're so enamored with michael jackson <laughs> you know what i mean 
uh, and now it's different right now like you know some of the conversations and some of the things that um, you know we're dealing with as a community and especially with the upcoming generation is is I would say the focus is a little bit different so I just want to quickly um, get uh, your perspective each of and every one of your perspectives of some of the trends that you have seen in your experience in Dawa and where are we at now you know what what do you think is probably at this point the main challenge that uh, the DAO is facing today. So you maybe give it a little bit. So this response can be a bit longer because it's almost like a two-parter because it's talking about, you know, some of these trends and also uh, what our greatest challenge you would say is today. So let me start off uh, with uh, Sheikh Abdurrahman and I'm just going to go from what I see, uh, you know, on my screens just from right to left. So. Uh, Sheikh, uh, 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 or sorry, from left to right. Uh, Sheikh Abdul Rahman, go ahead. Um, so, Subhanallah, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. There are a few trends, definitely, that you know that come to mind. But one in specific is the one that you mentioned, and it's still to an extent quite alive today, where you have people, depending on which city you're in, where you're at, you're going to have people who most definitely would associate themselves with, with a certain manhaj. Um, you know, are you Salafi? Are you not Salafi? And even if a person among them, I'm talking in general here, uh, may be somewhat off, you know, uh, the, the proper etiquette and ethics that they should be upholding living by, it's okay as long as you're my manhaj, you share my approach, my outlook on how things should be, and then that's okay. And even though, like we said, this is dying off, but there's still people within various cities that hold firmly to this. And, uh, it's quite sad to see Allah understand, but overall, you know, I've experienced this more or less in almost every city that I've been to, where people, they definitely still are firmly rooted in this manhaj uh, approach. In essence, the hard thing with it uh, is that you'll find a person among them who does not know the basics, the one-on-ones of faith, the one-on-ones of wudu even. You have to sit down and ask them what are you know, uh, the, the pillars of wudu or the pillars of prayer even. They would not know, but then they're pretty much ready to cut you off the manhaj because our sheikh does not, uh, uh, says that you're not part of our manhaj. So that's one that is quite alive and well in, in some cities. And, you know, like I said, this is a trend that I don't think will go overnight. It's a matter of the more knowledge that, you know, the brothers and the communities have, the more that we can overlook this and go past it. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wassalamu uh, well, I think uh, if I remember very well, uh, Dawa used to be um, uh, from from at least, at least from my own circle, uh, teaching people about basic Islam and how to do their salawat. And questions used to be about your siyam and your zakah and so on and so forth. Uh, and um, it it moved, uh, it stayed there among ourselves in the Basajid. Mm. And uh, I think there was a time when the debate. Was, uh, was forefront debating uh, to put Islam forward and challenging uh, other, other uh, manahij that are not part of uh, the, the Islamic um, way. And then uh, direct da'wah to non-Muslims, I've experienced that, especially here, uh, going out and talking to non-Muslims and having da'wah booths outside. I've seen people on the streets next to the libraries and so on and so forth. And uh, it, uh, it moved also, I think, post 9-11 to, to, def to defending Islam and also putting the clear message of Islam uh, out there. 
what I'm seeing now as a trend is um, more of passing on information through pamphlets and, uh, and lectures uh, to, to people. We have here some uh, imma that are having dawa packages that are delivered to people's houses when they request. That is making a lot of effect, alhamdulillah. So those are some of the things that I have noticed in the dawa and trends that have emerged and gone on the side and then come back in the middle. So it's fluctuating. Sheikh Dawood, uh, what are some trends that you've seen in the da'wah and what do you think is now currently the greatest challenge our da'wah is facing? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim alhamdulillah wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Well, I would say in regards to the uh, the da'wah, uh, at least here on the state side, and the biggest challenge is the Muslims ourselves. And what I mean is that uh, there has become uh, the default approach to many Muslims, including uh, uh, a number of uh, imma, unfortunately, is instead of calling people to what we believe in in general as Muslims, is that we are more so trying to incline to be accepted by other people and to fall underneath other people's umbrella. So I think this is the biggest challenge of the da'wah, that instead of having our politics conform to Islam, we inside of ourselves are trying to have Islam conform to our politics and being accepted by certain political forces in which then uh, hampers the, the da'wah in general, to the not only to the broader society, but when we're talking about preaching Islam inside the community, then uh, a number of institutions won't even want to talk about certain subjects that are very clear in Islam out of fear of wanting to uh, offend people. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to mention the community, but just uh, recently I was uh, invited to speak in one particular community, um, uh, not in Michigan, uh, virtually, and then some of the people there in the community wanted me censured uh, and not want want me to speak because uh, I gave the clear position in Islam on, on LGBTQ on my book Towards Sacred Activism. So they wanted me canceled because now we can't even talk about liwat is a sin in Islam, right? So th these are the types of things that are hurting the da'wah and causes doubts uh, amongst our youth. Dr. Quick. Assalamu <clears throat> alaikum warahmatullah. Alhamdulillah, uh, Allah blessed me to be involved in the dawah uh, for the last 50 years and also to be giving dawah in five different continents. And um, what I noticed over the years is that really, you know, the trends in the dawah depend upon where you are and at what point in time uh, you're at. And Allah tells us to call to the way of your Lord, Bil Hikmah. So you call with wisdom. And wisdom is saying things in the proper way, putting things in proper perspective. In the 70s, I was in 1971 on the streets of Toronto uh, with pamphlets and incense and oils and different things and giving dawah on Young Street, which is a main street in Toronto. And at that time, uh, Islam was exotic and, and people, you know, didn't really know who you were and they were very interested uh, in some ways. 
that started to shift in the 80s with the Afghan uh, conflict, the continued uh, Palestinian uh, crisis. And um, it, you know, it wasn't until um, really the 90s that, the, that a big change came about. Part of that is because of uh, Sheikh Ahmed Didat. Sheikh Ahmed Didat, mm -hmm. uh, as, as everybody knows, um, grew up in, in, a, in a mission and um, he was um, approached by Christian missionaries and he decided somebody's got to respond. So the whole trend of debate to take on the Christians and to, you know, show the, the, the clearness of Islam, you know, this took grip in a lot of parts uh, of the world. But when September 11th came in, it made us very defensive. Mm -hmm. I was living in South Africa at the time, and uh, we were not defensive because we, uh, President Nelson Mandela and the ANC shielded us, so we continued on as normal. But for most parts of the world, people were very defensive. But what came out of the Dawa in, in Africa, and I had, I had the chance to go to um, 20 African countries, and we were calling in the city halls, we were going to the non-Muslims, and, and what we realized is that the best form of Dawah is not based on words. It's actually based on living Islam or, or benefiting people, and you do it for Allah. You know, and then you bring the words. So it's more your, your example, your actions, and, and, and then the words. This, of course, now, you know, is, is, is you know, endangered. You know, Muslims are, uh, you know, still being confronted with the negative stereotypes. But really, it depends upon where you are uh, and, and at what point in time. And, and I believe that really, you know, the example, living Islam, you know, and then benefiting society. Uh, ultimately, for me, has been the best way to really attract people uh, to Islam. Uh, Ustad Abdullah. <clears throat> Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. <clears throat> um, so what I would say is uh, my, my kind of observations are uh, be, uh, somewhat um, parochial to the UK experience. I haven't really seen the North American experience uh, so much. Um, just a, a few things on YouTube and some, a few controversies that come over from that part of the pond uh, that we, we tend to see. And of course, um, I can't speak much for um, non-English speaking countries, although I, I have some understanding of French, but I don't really, uh, there's a kind of disconnect between the French con uh, community and, uh, and the German uh, Muslim uh, community as well. Uh, we don't speak to each other generally, so we don't really know what's going on, although they have their own struggles uh, relevant to themselves. Um, I kind of want to highlight just a few problems and I think just a few um, very brief solutions, I suppose, uh, very briefly. Um, one of them is, uh, first and foremost, I think one of the, the kind of major um, promotions of Islam uh, today um, has been, um, oh, it, it, like Islam is liberal, you know, don't, don't be worried about us Muslims. Um, the Prophet Muhammad uh, uh, was, a, was a liberal, he just maybe wasn't so clearly understood during his time for 1400 years, but coincidentally now, in the time of secular liberalism, we can now unearth and unpack this this liberal strain within um, Islam, which clearly, obviously, is, is is ridiculous. But and the problem is with that, is that when you try to um, promote Islam as being consistent with the uh, dominant or ruling political philosophy or system, when people open up the Quran and they and they open up the Sunnah, they find something rather different, and then they have a crisis of faith. 
which sometimes or a lot of the times leads them to leave um, Islam when they see that, oh, this doesn't seem to be very liberal. The same exact same thing happened to Christians. Um, we hear uh, kind of Christianity is touted as liberal, Jesus is touted as liberal, but when you read any, any various parts of the Bible you'd like to, you see it profoundly illiberal. And then uh, you have Christ of faith. And of course, that's what you see atheists and many other uh, critiques of religion point to. They say, look what's in your books. Whereas the, the real question is, well, what is the actual, def who defines good and bad uh, in the first place? It's not liberalism, uh, you know, uh, who created mankind, not man is not the measure of all things. So this is one of the problems that I think uh, is currently quite significant uh, in the Muslim community generally. Um, also, um, what I've found to be almost uh, completely incredible is, uh, for, for, the, for the wrong reasons, is uh, Muslims adopting either left-wing or right-wing positions and now forget about Salafi-Sufi debates. There's left-wing Muslims versus left-wing of uh, right-wing Muslims fighting mm -hmm. with each other on, on, on political philosophies that are not, both of them are not from uh, the Islamic creed, basically. And it's almost surreal to watch this um, as they start using labels against each other. And some Muslims follow Jordan Peterson, thinking that despite him describing the Prophet Muhammad uh, as a warlord and, and others adopting the various neo-Marxist or um, post-modernist philosophies for social liberation, quote unquote, uh, which again can uh, would then critique the same critiques they use will critique and critique Islam itself. So these are kind of these are kind of problems, and I think also um, perhaps uh, more generally, many Muslims in promoting Islam uh, or trying to advocate for Islam uh, kind of argue from a look how great the Prophet Muhammad, uh, the Prophet Muhammad uh, is as the basis for people accepting Islam. And now the thing is that every other religion does roughly the same thing for its, its uh, what it tells to be its founder. Obviously Christians will always focus about Jesus, but they kind of forget to talk about his message, right? It's just it's always about, it became, you know, Christianity was described as a religion uh, meant to be uh, the message of Jesus, but it became a religion of Jesus, right? And likewise for Muslims, I'd say, that yes, the Prophet Muhammad is, is, a, is, a, is a model for mankind, something that we should be imitating, certainly so. But when we kind of, uh, when we engage with non-Muslims, uh, we should do so in the same method that Prophet Muhammad uh, followed, which is look at the message that you have mm -hmm. to, you have to pay attention to. Right? Uh, look at uh, how, uh, how um, the existence of God, purpose for mankind, is trying to explain what we observe around reality. And I think this kind of then leads me to, I think one of the solutions is that um, we should divert a lot more resources into um, kind of uh, equipping Muslims with absolute certainty uh, in Islam using robust kind of arguments, which show how, and one of the things I try to pioneer, uh, although I'm, I stand on the shoulder of many, many giants, um, is the is that, that the Islamic explanation from, for for uh, existence itself, everything that we can see is the only possible one that makes sense. No other one makes makes sense. And many people can become Muslim, uh, and they describe it as Islam. The message of Islam made made sense, um, mm. and I think that is something that we really need to focus on. Um, and and of course, of course, the example of the Prophet Muhammad uh, is part and parcel of 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 Islam and part and parcel of the uh, of the the, the message. But we have to kind of look at the and explain the whole message, I think, to, to everybody um, and let them understand and see how it makes sense in, in, in of itself. Um, and, and, and that's that one. And I think I'll just finish up with which by saying 
Um, and I think perhaps uh, uh, Chef uh, Walid would, would kind of agree with me here is um, when we look at the problem of racism um, in the Muslim community, which is quite um, ubiquitous, unfortunately, um, we're kind of seeing only one head of the Hydra. Um, the, 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 the main body, I think, uh, the main body of, I think, the, the, the problem is that Muslims are following, and I perhaps um, don't want to be misunderstood, but it, most Muslims are following a different deen um, in addition to Islam. And that's the deen of their culture um, and or you might call nationalism, right, which is a type of asabiya, right, a type of groupism. And racism is only just a one, a, 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 a perhaps a, a commonly understood word for what really is just a manifestation of Osabiya. And I think what needs to be challenged in the Muslim world is this the acceptance of Osabiya um, generally, where Muslims will divide and separate from each other and label each other differently based on um, ethnicity, uh, based on, uh, you know, obviously madhab. And I know you can be different schools of thought, but it becomes a group like a, a separate jama'ah when we're only meant to be one uh, Jamaat. And I think that if this is not really focused on, what you find is, uh, I know that, for example, we talk about you know, anti-black racism in, uh, amongst Muslims in uh, Western countries, um, but in the Muslim world, it's um, anti-everyone else against everyone, uh, racism in the Muslim world. Um, uh, Arabs uh, you know, deride Turks and Persians, Persians deride Turks and Arabs. Uh, and every ethnicity hates, has issues with every other ethnicity in the Muslim mm. world, um, as well as invented one, invented uh, nationalities such as, um, well, like you know, like UAE, Arabia, and uh, Saudi Arabia, and so on. These are nationalities that were post-colonial, and Muslims are divided based on based on that. So, uh, because we follow these different asabiya, uh, different you know, we, we have tasul in different different forms. Muslims will never see each other as one jama'ah in, in this political sense, will never unite and will always um, look down upon each other. And I think it's something that really needs to be emphasised on its practical level, mm. not just a general lecture on nationalism is bad, but rather saying each particular identity you pick and you choose to form your group identity, uh, which is other than the Ummah of the Rasulullah, this is a different deen to Islam. You are following a different deen to Islam. And we know the, the ahadith from the Rasulullah about those who follow uh, Ta'asub, mm -hmm. uh, who have Asabiya, they're not from him, they're not from the Muslims. So this is something, something very serious. I think it really needs to be uh, I would say uh, with uh, some of the things that you said, uh, Ustad Abdullah, and what many of you have, uh, other of you have said, I agree with some, and also maybe I have some commentary or a little, a little bit of a, a different perspective. But I would say one trend that I just want to uh, highlight, and then maybe we can focus on that, because I feel uh, the next few topics that I try to link this to will, you know, it'll, it'll kind of flow together, and hopefully we can come up with some actual, real, pragmatic solutions for our community. For more clips and beneficial content, please subscribe to the LifeHuck channel, your number one source for personal Islamic development. Do I feel that the New York police are providing enough protection or do I have to have protection of my own? I look for protection from Allah.